to episode 202 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. For our podcast this week, we're going to talk a little bit about hacking critical infrastructure in light of the recent Dallas hacking attack over the weekend. So... On Friday night, there was a hacking attack on the uh, Dallas emergency sirens that that uh, basically warn folks about tornadoes, uh, other weather emergencies, or just emergencies in general. Um, and this attack, I think, shows how our real world infrastructure is is just frequently uh, being undermined by. Um, uh, by these security breaches. I don't know how frequently. Well, I mean, surprisingly, these 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 incidents are are becoming more common. So maybe maybe you're right that frequently isn't isn't um, it's hyperbolic, John. Uh, it's not hyperbolic. You're like a tabloid, it's, baby. I, yes, the the digital life uh, <laughs> uh, daily news here. So. Uh, but uh, th- there are more and more examples, uh, you know, every every month of uh, sort of major and, and minor uh, hacking problems. So, for instance, a, a few months ago, we were talking about how the servers uh, at DIN were were brought down by a denial of service attack due yep. to this IoT botnet. Now, yep. totally uh, totally different circumstances, uh, but I would say that the level of complex systems that that we now have combined with just this um, um, sort of wave of um, sort of technical know-how combined with you know whether you whether you call it hacking for for a prank or for something more malicious uh, like those two things are converging so so people understand how to manipulate these systems and uh, and, and then there are there are a variety of reasons to do that whether it's for attention whether it's to cause some mischief or whether it's to actually cause harm yeah uh, which which we can all uh, touch on today um, let's start with you know a, a little bit of a summation of the uh, the the Dallas emergency siren hacking attack. So so I have from YouTube uh, user Theme Park Brews posted this on Friday night. Can you guys hear that? What the heck is going on? So I was looking at Twitter and I was trying to see what was going on, and there are sirens going off all over Dallas right now. So if you guys know what's going on, let me know in the comments below because I have no idea. I'm in Dallas, Texas. April 7th, and I just want to know what's going on. It sounds like every single alarm within at least a 20-mile radius here is going off, and I'm checking out Twitter. It sounds like it's going on all over Dallas. So, so that's a little bit of audio from from YouTube, which is which is uh, YouTube and Twitter are really turning into the the news resources um, for for the digital digital age, um, but. All 156 of the city's emergency sirens went off late on Friday night, so so uh, you know around 11:30, and that continued for for several hours before the city sort of figured out what to do about it. 
And uh, in, in the meantime, there were well over 4,000 calls to their 911 system, which is, uh, from what I understand, not too good to begin with. It was, you know, overwhelmed now with this, uh, uh, with, with, with calls from people worried about the sirens going off. Um, and, and early today, it was uh, revealed that the, the hack was actually completed via a radio or telephone uh, uh, signal that, that triggered all of the alarms at the same time. So it wasn't strictly... Sounds strict- high-tech, John, i got to tell you. Well, it, was, it wasn't strictly a uh, um, you know, malware or a computer hack the way we would... Um, Kim Jong-un wasn't on the other side of this. Putin? I, I, I would hope not. I, I would hope they're not sitting there with cell phones trying to set off Dallas's emergency siren system. But but this just shows the spectrum, right? So yeah. on, on one side of the spectrum, you have what are more or less pranks. Um, and on the other side of it, you have, uh, you know, digital terrorism, right? Yeah. So. Um, in in the Ukraine, there was there was a power plant that that was hacked with uh, with malware, which more or less took out people's power for uh, uh, for many hours. So so you have this this real world infrastructure that's intersecting more and more with um, with with technology, and I think you know part part of the problem that that we're facing now is. How do we react to this possible wide array of, of of hacking attacks? Because this really is almost like the weather, right? Like you have weather where you just need to grab a coat um, or an umbrella, and you don't really pay much mind to it. And there's weather where you damn well better stay indoors and you know get get into your basement because it's very serious. Yeah. So, so we've got this 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 uh, same spectrum of possibilities now with these hacking attacks. Um, and, and I think, I, I think we'll figure it out, but I, th- I think it will be, it will take a little time to, to truly, uh, as, as, as a group sort of figure out what the right reactions are because, you know, 4,000 calls to 911 while other emergencies are being, being held up. That's, an, you know, an unintended consequence that, that no one wants. Uh, I would think there, maybe the hacker wanted it. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I mean, what's uh, how, how does all of this play out for you? I mean, in this particular case, it's just kind of silly because you know it sounds like a citywide rave uh, from that audio. But um, yeah. it, you know, I'm sure in the middle of it, if everywhere you go a siren's going off, that's got to be pretty alarming. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it really is a reflection of how we're still in the early days, the wild west of these technologies. And I, I think about the electricity industry. So, um, you know, electric power, electric powered lights um, started in the 1870s. And we'll talk about New York City, um, the industry in New York City started in the 1870s. And by the early 1880s, if you would look up in, in the sky from within within New York City, within Manhattan, let's say, uh, the, the sky was crisscrossed with electric wires. There were just electric wires hither and thither and hanging everywhere. And uh, it was, it was um, not uncommon for people to be electrocuted by them because a live wire would fall or um, even just installers trying to put up the new line. And there's so many other lines they're contending with in this horrible infrastructure. And um, it's because it was early days in the Wild West. And there were two things that improved the situation. 
One was technology, um, and not surprisingly, talking about the electricity industry, it was Thomas Edison who innovated um, underground wires and, and a system, a very crude by today's standard system of a box, you know, where these wires ran through um, that moved underground. The other part was legislative, was um, laws were, were then passed, standardization was um, established, where there were enough disasters, enough catastrophes that, that things needed to change. And so there was a technology then that enabled the change and it all kind of fell into place at that point. We're still in the live wires hanging crisscrossed over our head stage of this sort of, you know, Internet of Things connected um, environments um, technology where you have, a, a you know, I'm, I'm filling in some blanks here. I don't have um, insider knowledge, but you have a, a municipal government that is probably dealing with budget shortfalls in lots of different ways that is probably at best um, slightly behind on technology, possibly horribly behind on technology, nonetheless um, doing their best within the limitations they're faced with to put a system in place that's leveraging some of the technology in ways that seem logical and sensible and smart. And it's a catastrophe, clearly, because of what happened. And so after that failure, again, after, you know, in the 1870s, 1880s, a, a pedestrian getting electrocuted arbitrarily, there's going to be improvement. There's going to be change. A lot of other municipalities looked at what happened in Dallas that night and were like, that can't happen to us. What are they using? What are we using? How do we avoid it? Something like this very well could happen again. This isn't the end of it, but it's one step in moving from the early days, the Wild West, the, the almost more sort of tinkering and, and trusting and just having faith that things will work out into systems that are um, more sustainable, uh, more resilient. Um, we just aren't to them yet. It's, it's immature. It's early, it's early days, John. Yeah, I think the the Dallas system, to your point, uh, is 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 an older one, and it's clearly uh, has a a uh, remote access element to it, which you know very well could be uh, uh, handled via computer. Although they they were they were explicit in saying that that system was not compromised; that it was this older system that was triggered by telephone or radio. That, they're all daisy chained together. Right. I mean, they're all and, part of the same system at the end of the day. And that's what's very interesting about the Internet of Things, because you know, uh, some some of these systems are are being upgraded with with sensors to make them, um, you know, e either provide information from. Uh, the environment they're in, or accept commands from uh, uh, remote inputs, right? So, so the promise of the Internet of Things is really to wire up some of you know some of your new infrastructure, which will have the stuff built in, but also to retrofit your older um, uh, pieces, so that whether you're running a, a farm or whether uh, you're running some manufacturing, you can you can wire it up and it becomes uh, IoT enabled. But what this shows is that there, there are lots of gaps where, uh, you know, mischievous, malicious people can find ways to create problems when, when you become reliant on these systems. So um, not only from the, uh, um, the perspective that, hey, we, we are starting to really expose some of this uh, so that there are that many more attack surfaces, but we're also 
um, not necessarily keeping track of all the attack surfaces that already exist in, yeah. in these, in these uh, sort of ancient uh, but still functioning systems, and especially when it comes to government, um, you know, there's 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 discussion about uh, old old government computers at the White House that were exposed to hacking. Um, I can't imagine what operating systems those those things are are running on. Uh, but but it, it does raise the issue that if you want to create mischief, if you want to create problems. Uh, the 21st century, the era of the empowered small group or the empowered individual, um, it, it, it's upon us, and and you have that much more ability to to wreak havoc. Whether it's uh, some something you know as as seemingly benign as you know the outcome of this Dallas hack, or you know so, something uh, less less benign uh, as as people. Uh, have you know power cut or you know some some other uh, problem that could that could come up? So I I liked the the word you used earlier about uh, talking about resilience, right? The, these systems are not very resilient. So as part of design for IoT and and better security, I think it's important that that the systems that we create have multiple backups, whether you're talking about for, um, you know, this critical infrastructure or, you know, as we consider things like global warming, where even the, uh, you know, the very foundations of our cities are going to be uh, in trouble because we'll have that much more flooding or that much more um, uh, water coming into a city like like our city of Boston or our, our neighbors uh, on the East Coast, you know, in, in New York. Resilience is, is sort of the watchword of technology infrastructure for, for the 21st century in light of hacking and in light of the, um, uh, the, the weather conditions that we're facing. Yeah, I mean, the security industry is already one of the largest verticals in software. And the, the um, what was the word you said, the frequency um, of, of these dastardly attacks, um, it just, <laughs> just uh, reinforces that it probably still isn't enough. Um, you know, we're, we're under-investing in security. And look, John, I mean, part of it is decadence, right? I mean, here in the United States, uh, large parts of Europe, uh, other places around the world, we're wealthy, we're comfortable, and we forget the fact that the foundation for, uh, you know, the, the foundation for a higher-functioning civilization begins with security. It begins with safety. And with uh, the Internet, with all of these different, you know, modern communication tools and 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 uh, infrastructures. I'll call them software infrastructures. Um, we we're really lax on the security part because we live in a physical reality of abundance and comfort, and we just kind of take for granted that we can't really be given the shiv. Um, uh, in the ways that we can, and we are horribly exposed. I mean, we've talked in a lot of different ways on the show about this over the years, but. I've been very cavalier in saying, look, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm certainly not um, going out there exposing my, my stuff, but I take for granted that my stuff is out there in a way where, for example, somebody could assume my identity and take all my money, right? But I shrug and I say, well, you know, I'm participating in this world. I, I like participating in this world and the government or the bank will bail me out anyway. Um, that is a horribly irresponsible 
mindset. But it's the mindset that most of us bring, either consciously or unconsciously, to our activities in the digital world. And the fact is we're not safe, we're not secure, we are exposed. Um, to what degree is that going to cost us our lives or massively impact our lives for the worse? Um, it's probably not likely, but it could happen. We're exposed for it, and we don't seem to care too much. So, yeah, the the conclusion, I think, to all of this is is in part, at least, to begin to understand our reliance on on these systems and and also that a certain degree of skepticism and resilience is going to be required to to uh, navigate uh, going forward, especially when it comes to uh, understanding the possibilities that, uh, you know, you're you're receiving information, you're um, but you can't always believe, you know, the information you're receiving seems to be the. um, the, the caution that we all have to all have to take. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And, of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at D That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 202 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.